Well, Rob, I guess that's your theme song now. What do, what do you think? Do you like that? Good morning, Vancouver. That's how you know we're about to talk politics. Cars for kids, and yeah. boom, off we go. Yeah, it's very catchy, and I, I, I apologize to people because now it's going to be stuck in all of our heads thanks to Rob Shaw. Blame Rob for that one. Uh, Did you know that it, there was a 2014 Saturday Night Live sketch uh, about the Senate Intelligence Committee report on torture from the CIA that <laughs> joked that they would make people listen to the Cars for Kids jingle as a torture method? Uh, no, but thank, that's going deep. And thank you. That's I'm going to go look that one up now after we finish talking. I will look that up. Thank you. Uh, and so much for us to talk about this morning because we're like this kind of came out of the blue. I know you said you, cut, you started to get some rumbles of this. What is going on in Abbotsford South? Oh, boy. Well, we have another defection in Abbotsford South. This is, uh, you know, a fun bit of BC political trivia. This is the third consecutive MLA from Abbotsford South to defect on their party. If you remember before Bruce Bannerman announced yesterday that he was leaving BC United to go to the Conservatives, you had Daryl Plekis, who uh, left to become the Speaker. Uh, and then before that, you had John Van Dongen, who left the BC Liberals to become the Conservative uh, MLA. So something in the water in Abbotsford South. But but uh, the the move here is a big one because Bruce Bandman leaving BC United to go to the BC Conservatives uh, is a big shot in the arm for that party. He joins John Rustad, also a former uh, Liberal who uh, was ejected from that party for his views on, on climate science. Uh, and now the two of them uh, are going to be in the legislature uh, as an official party. And it's fascinating because, uh, you know, I think it's a sign of momentum uh, for the BC Conservatives that have been riding high. We talked about uh, the Main Street research poll that shows them in second place in British Columbia, which I'm still not sure I believe, but um, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue that... uh, that they're not really enjoying a kind of run of momentum here and getting another member is a big shot in the arm for that party. Right. Okay. So we're going to talk more about that, the impact of it coming up. But first, let's talk about how this happened. Were there any signs of this and what would prompt someone like Bruce Bandman to leave BC United? Well, I talked to him yesterday and he pointed to a really mischievous um, motion that the NDP government put on the floor of the House back in April. And the motion called for all MLAs in the legislature to denounce the Freedom Convoy. So you remember the... Um, I remember this, the, yeah. This, the convoy in, in Ottawa that had uh, blocked in front of uh, Parliament Hill and some of the, the border crossings. You know, these motions are non-binding. They're just designed, and the parties do this to each other, to put controversial issues on the floor and hope that some of the members who hold those views are really stressed and break with their party leader and cause a whole big bunch of drama. Well, the the BC United Party said, look, we are going to vote in favor of denouncing the Freedom Convoy. And if you can't bring yourself to do it, um, take a walk away from the building. Don't vote. Don't vote against us. We're all voting together in favor of this NDP motion. Uh, And if you can't do it, leave. And Bruce Bannerman says that he decided to leave. And he felt ashamed, in his own words, that he didn't stand up and uh, vote his conscience there and that he didn't like the fact that the party continues to tell him what to do, that he has to vote in line with uh, with what they want and say what they say and read their script. It's a common criticism well, yeah, you hear. Did he not know this yeah. when he joined a political <laughs> party and well, became this, a candidate for them? Uh-huh. 
Yes, he's not a political, um, you know, newbie. He was the mayor yeah. of Abbotsford. He understands how this works. He took the money exactly. from BC United to run. He arguably is elected in part because he runs under a banner that's very popular in his riding. Gets in, says, "You want me to do what now? I have to listen to all of the positions of this right. party." And and then yeah, but we hear it from MLAs every now and again. They think they're going to be doing more here than running around reading pieces of paper written by kids in short pants, um, you know, who aren't elected. And that's that really ticks them off. And, <laughs> and so so Bandman didn't like that. And he stewed about it. He's having a bit of a break um, with his BC United caucus. There were some issues there of him not being very popular, but him not liking some of his other caucus colleagues got very distant. And then he just, John Rustad uh, told me he met him last month randomly in an event in Abbotsford and said, Hey, you know, let's, let's chat. And that led to a conversation a couple of weeks ago. And next thing you know, um, he's uh, crossing the floor. And, uh, so, you know, these things happen in politics and, it, it, it's interesting because we sort of, it, it's not really maybe about um, the individual kind of vote. It's more about someone getting frustrated at the system and feeling like they, they want to do their own thing. But here's what I wonder about this. I don't know why a politician decides to do this when if they just looked at history to see how voters... Uh, people react when you do something like this, and it's never good. Like you mentioned John Van Dongen, you mentioned Daryl Plekis. Well, voters weren't exactly happy with the fact that they did this. What makes what makes Bruce Bannon think that he, he's going to be different? Yeah, no, typically when you do this, you get slaughtered in the yeah. next election. Um, and this is that includes federally, where some um, politicians have crossed the floor to become cabinet ministers and other parties. And uh, I, I think... Um, you know, the the hope from Bandman is that they can lure more people from the BC United Party, more center right people. And there are there are folks there uh, who might be willing to jump ship. And if you can get enough people and if the conservatives under Rustad are serious about fielding 93 candidates and, that, and it's a big if because it's a lot of work to do that. And if they ride a momentum at just the same time as people are are happy about the federal conservative party under Pierre Polyev, and they confuse the two and all these factors sort of line up, you could find yourself at the, at the start of a movement in which you are far, far more important than right. you were if you, if you stayed at the party. Sometimes you sort of, I think Paul, especially Plekis and Van Dongen and some others have realized that their future, if they stay is very limited. They're never going to be the superstar. They right. think they are in their minds in their party. But if they leave, they're much more important uh, mm. because they might be at the start of something big. And I, and I think that's part of it, too. OK, we're going to talk about some of the reaction to this, what all of this means for the legislature. We'll have more with Rob Shaw when we come back. All right. We're back with Rob Shaw talking about this latest development in B.C. politics. Of course, Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News. Now, Rob, what does this mean for the legislature if we now have what, three kind of parties that have, well, four, if you count the NDP, like official party status? Yeah, we haven't seen that. I was just checking this out this morning. I think since around there was there was a time in 1972 where we had sort of four official parties that actually had several seats in the House, but not. I think you probably have to go back to um, uh, 1952, where we had really? sort of social credit starting up, 
and uh, the Tories and the Liberals and the CCF and and uh, so it has, this hasn't happened in a long time where you have four officially recognized parties in the House because you need at least two MLAs to be recognized and what it means is that the BC Conservatives will now get a whole bunch more money from the legislature to hire staff to do research they're going to be uh, offered to sit on all the parliamentary committees. They're going to essentially become the BC Greens. They'll have all the resources of the BC Greens, who have a pretty big profile uh, for just two members. And it will change the dynamic in the House, where you will now have extra you know, people jumping up in question period who aren't the official opposition. You will have just sort of a, a, a an interesting functioning of the place, where there's four actual parties doing work. Right. And I, I think that is, that is going to – that dynamic will be quite interesting because it's um, – it's certainly given, going to give the Conservatives a bigger platform from which to talk about things in the right. floor of the House. But the, but the difference being that the BC Greens were elected as BC Greens. These two these mm-hmm. two members were not elected as, as Conservatives. I, I want to ask, though, about the reaction within the BC United Party, like Kevin Falcon, the leader. What was the reaction on that side? Well, there was an emergency caucus meeting by uh, Kevin Falcon. He emerged to, you know, blast Bruce Bannon for betraying his constituents and and said he was a problem inside the party and and on and on. But this stings BC United because we talked about their big crime plan, well, yeah. which also failed to pick up momentum because of Premier David Eby. And then on the second day when they want to come back, circle back to it, uh, it gets taken out at the knees by this. And so the it, it kind of uh, stops BC United's momentum in its path, but it also raises... I think it gets people whispering inside the party about the leadership of Kevin Falcon, about who might go next, about whether the BC United name change was the right idea, about all sorts of things. And the hardest job in BC politics, surprisingly, is opposition leader because you have no power and you're trying to herd a group of cats around in the form of MLAs who don't want to be herded. You have nothing to offer them. You can't give them cabinet posts. And everyone's whining and complaining because you didn't win. And it's very, it's very difficult. And so it's even more difficult a job for him now with this weakness of someone leaving. Two people, you know, one he fires, Kevin Falcon fired John Rustad, and now Vanman leaves. And we're watching to see if any more decide to make that jump too. And it could be bad news for the leadership of, of Falcon and the party. And given the fact that the name change, which was so controversial and has caused so many issues, wasn't one of the reasons for that because the conservative wing of the former BC Liberal Party didn't like having Liberal in the name. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the, the, by changing the name, the hope was that the federal conservatives and federal liberals could coalesce around a new party, BC United. And just to be clear, the BC conservatives are not linked to the federal conservatives. Yes. There's no, there's no connection there. Yeah. They enjoy the popularity of the federal conservatives to, through confusion. But Pierre Polyevre and the, and the federal conservatives, you know, um, he appears in photos when he comes to British Columbia with Kevin Falcon, not with John Rustad. And so that that linkage, you know, the BC United is going to have to do some work to to show voters that a little bit more. Is was it the right idea to change the name? The thinking still is that they didn't they didn't want to be associated with the federal liberals at a time when Justin Trudeau was very unpopular among some circles. But it's a it's a tough battle to convince voters um, to listen to you <laughs> between elections when you're the second place party and you're changing your name. And so 
that remains an open question. We might we not might not be able to write the chapter on whether that was the right call or not until after the next election. And so, what was Kevin Falcon saying about this yesterday? Well, he was saying, you know, he he um, it was too bad, but uh, you know, basically, see you later, uh, Bruce Bannon, and that if you don't want to be part of the team, politics is a team sport, and you can you can take a hike. And that's pretty much the only thing he was able to say. A Bandman kind of ghosted his leader for 24 hours uh, before he left, and, nice. uh, not taking calls. And um, the party was there was a bunch of rumblings that this might happen because they had they had heard Bandman talk about being unhappy before, but they never thought he was going to do anything about it. And so no one was quite sure. The United was waiting with a press release that they were ready to press send on, but they weren't sure if. Bannon was going to follow through, and then suddenly the conservatives announced it on social media, and and bang, off they went. So I think there was a little bit of hope that he might not do this, uh, but once he did, Falcon just launched on on Bannon, and um, that was his only his only play. You know, I I think there's a concerted effort now by Bannon and others to to lure people over, and so Falcon's going to have to do this rear guard defense to shore up his caucus and make sure that other people aren't unhappy and and might take a walk as well. Or an opportunity him for to, to remake the party in his in the image that he wants to. Sure. I mean, the problem is going to be that, um, that you know, if the conservatives do remain strong, that no matter how you remake the party, your traditional voter base is split, the center-right split, as they call it, where, you know, what used to be a united block of voters voting for the BC Liberals anywhere between the center and the right. Uh, and that number outnumbered the left progressive vote almost every time in the history of British Columbia, the NDP have won like four or five elections. Yeah. That was very powerful. And if you split that up, then the NDP are, are much, much easier uh, to, to win an election. And so that, you know, Falcon might be able to put the platform together that he wants and he might be able to run what he wants on the name that he wants. But if that split happens, and and um, that's a path, very easy path for the NDP for another majority government. All right. Interesting times. Rob, thank you. Okay. Take care.